Welcome to the Access Church Podcast. Grab out your note sheet and let's jump right into today's sermon. All right, welcome to the Wilson Abode. So glad that you are uh, here. We have a lot more going on. So uh, we have the worship team that's going to come back. And then we are starting a new series today. And so uh, we're excited. And uh, I just want to start off with a few things kind of going on at Access Church. We got a lot going on. So kind of stick with me. And then we're going to show, just so you know, we have a video that's going to be coming on. So that is from us. So you didn't jump on the wrong page. Nothing's wrong. We're going to start off with that video, and that's going to set the tone for the sermon today. First off, I just want to let you know why I'm so excited. And that's because thrift stores are back open. I'm pumped. Right here, $3. We're back, baby. Don't have to spend a lot of money anymore for shirts and shorts and pants. And so... uh, you know, I know we're not back together live in church uh, yet, but uh, hopefully see at the thrift stores. They're back, so I'm excited about that. Also want to let you know that we for sure have a home uh, when we start back up in person. Uh, we're shooting for September. I've been talking to the school district. Our new home is going to be in French Valley area at Lisa J. Mel's Elementary School. We're continuing to pray and look at other options as far as to have kind of that permanent home where we don't have to rely on schools, especially if there's any possibility of them, uh, you know, schools shutting down and churches not being able to meet there. So we'd like to have that more stability. But at least we know I just talked to um, someone in the school district. And for now, we have it. And so we're excited. Uh, We'll be getting to let you know about the plans and as far as just starting live and all the different options. But Uh, We heard back from the church and overwhelming, a lot of you want to meet in person. And so we know that we'll have kind of the majority of our church there. and We'll have different protocols and uh, safety measures that we'll do. But it'll be be hopefully great to see everybody by September. We'll see where we're at. Again, it's week by week uh, with what's going on. All right. Here's something super important. So if the kids are running around, if if you're listening and you're looking at other things or you're watching us while you're watching Netflix, shut it down, calm it down. Everybody bring it down because we have an important transition going on in our church. Uh, We have uh, switched over to a new database, to a new giving platform. Uh, Also, we have a new app and a new website. A lot of new things. Now, why are we doing this? Well, one, we've been on lockdown, so we got time on our hands. So we got to do something. We can't see you guys a lot. So we're doing all our nerd stuff behind the scenes and we're saving money. And uh, we're also getting more organized. It's just super helpful to do all these things. So here's where we're going to need your help. I believe today, if not today, first thing tomorrow, uh, if you are already in our database, our old database, Laura Lee is going to send you out an email. From that email, you'll have instructions to get into our new database. Now, I know that's probably exciting for none of you, right? None of you are like, yeah, new database. We're so pumped. So here's what we need from you. Just Tough it out, show some effort, take one for the team. But this really helps us as far as to stay organized, especially with what we're going to be doing in the future with ministry teams, with meetings, all of that. And it makes Laura Lee's uh, life better. And one of the key vision of our church is to honor Jesus and to make Laura Lee's life better. So that's part of our vision statement, all right? So participate. Uh, so she's going to send you out an email. If you don't get an email in the next few days, Uh, That means either we have the wrong email address or you're not in our database. You can contact Laura Lee, Laura Lee at gotoaccesschurch.com. Laura Lee 
one word, at access, uh, go to accesschurch.com, and she'll walk you through. But we want to walk you through the database so it's done correctly. Uh, from there, you can go to our new website. Andrew, everybody give a hand to Andrew. Just so you know, we hired a live crowd. Super expensive, but they're here, and it's going to make the service better. And uh, I just need, when I say something funny in the sermon, I've had no feedback, and Andrew really doesn't give me much feedback. He won't laugh, so I have a live crowd. So thank you for tithing and giving, because it helps us to afford a live audience. So uh, no, it's just, uh, it's just the fam and friends back there and the worship team. Uh, so with that, go to the new website. Uh, Andrew's worked incredibly hard on it. And uh, we have these instructional videos. Is it a tab, Andrew, that they click on? Or? Tidely Transition, that's what it says. Tidely Transition, click on that. We have a step-by-step -step video, how to sign up uh, for the new giving platform, uh, which is through Tidely. You are gonna want to discontinue PushPay. So I encourage you to stop giving through PushPay and then to transition to Tidely. And uh, we, again, we walk you through, it's super simple. If you get stuck, um, just feel free again to contact uh, either Laura Lee or you can contact me, Brian, at gotoaccesschurch.com. We'll walk you through. So don't get too frustrated. Don't start throwing things at the computer. Nah, we're there with you. We'll, walk, we'll take your hand. We'll walk you through it. So uh, there's also a video on the new app. The new app is going to be sweet. From just one click, you can access all our sermons. Also, you can give through your app. Uh, also, we have notes that you can uh, take notes and you don't have to carry paper anymore. That's going to be really sweet when we get back together, get back into home groups. That's going to be really nice because how many of us, we just lose the paper. We don't bring the paper to group. Um, you don't have to raise your hand. You're at home. But, uh, you know, it's going to be, the app's going to be really, really nice. So download that app. Uh, you'll know you'll download it correctly because it has our logo on there. And so uh, we walk you through it. Again, everything's there. So uh, just a heads up on that that those are the key transitions. We'd like to get everyone transitioned the next week or two over the new database, new app, new giving. Uh, and so again, if you have any questions, we wanna uh, walk you through and make this as successful as it can be. But it really helps us as a church. The big thing too is this saves us money and we want it to be good stewards uh, of all that all of us invest. And so this is gonna be good for us financially uh, too. Lastly, uh, I want to let you know that if you are a part of Access VIP, not very important person, very invested person. Uh, if you've been a part of churches for a while, it's like the membership. We just don't do membership because it's kind of like, you know, you think you have privilege with members. There's no privilege uh, with being part of Access VIP as far as it's a very invested person. It's kind of the core people. And so uh, it's, a, it's a commitment to being invested in Access uh, but it also uh, gives us the ability to kind of, when we have important decisions and discussions we need to have at church, to be a part of that, we want to make sure people have skin in the game, that they're not really a part of Access, uh, but then to have a voice into Access makes no sense. And so Access VIP, uh, we're going to be bringing that group together in August. We'll probably do small groups. Uh, we'll also do some, for those that want to stay online, we'll give you access to interact online. But those that want to meet in person, uh, we need to discuss some key things as a church, uh, pray together, and we kind of want to run it by you, get your opinion, get your thoughts, and see what God kind of lays in your heart. It's going to be a great time together, and so uh, you're going to be hearing more about that in the next few weeks. If you're not a part of Access VIP, and you're like, listen, I'm invested. I love the vision, where it's going, the values, what we're about, and I want to be a part of it, you can go onto our website. Again, I think it says Access VIP on one of the tabs. Click on that. Make sure that the commitment's good. 
because uh, you're going to sign saying I'm in, and then uh, we'll add you and make sure that you're a part of this. Uh, so Access VIP in August, and hopefully the church, we get back together around September. So that's kind of what we're thinking. That's what's going on. I think I got it all. Whew. All right, here we go. New sermon series is going to be starting. It's called, uh, what is it called? It's Born to Lose but Live to Win. And I know some of you are like, that makes no sense. You'll see as the sermon series unfolding as we start today. We're going to start with the video, though. And uh, it's a part of the sermon, so it's not just a random music video. But let's kind of get our minds and our hearts in the right place. And I'll see you uh, right after this video. It doesn't take long to live life and realize that at some point we're going to lose something or someone. Uh, that video, and we're going to continue to show videos to make sure that we're kind of getting our hearts in the right space as we receive the Word of God, but there's all different kinds of, of loss. Um, many times, though, when we think about it, whether we've lost a friend, uh, whether we've lost a parent, a child, um, a sibling, those things dramatically impact our lives. It doesn't take long to know that how I handle loss will affect the way I live. Um, we see this in big ways. We see it in small ways, right? You see it at the soccer games as far as if someone can handle just losing a game. Uh, maybe some of us handle it better than, than others. Um, losing a home. Um, losing your childhood. Uh, for some of us, heck, just losing our keys for that day throws us off, right? And it's amazing how much emotion wells up, uh, how much that can uh, completely just overwhelm us in life, distract us in life, numb us in life, or in a sense, just kind of take our breath away in life. Um, and everybody's different, but it, if we think about it, loss actually constantly happens. And no matter what, it's, it's tough. Uh, no matter, even if someone has it tougher than us or has lost more, Anything we lose in life is, is hard. Uh, we see this just even politically. Whoever loses on whatever side, right? You see how tough they take it. Uh, as we get older, maybe we lose health. Maybe we lose um, our looks. Maybe we lose hair. Um, whatever it is, all these losses can actually add up if we're not aware of them. I saw this uh, in a dramatic way. On Friday, which whenever I preach on something, I just know God's going to bring it into my life. And uh, I know he wants me to live it out, not just to preach it. And so you ever have those days where you kind of have it planned out and you're looking forward to it? Like, you know what's going on. Okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. I'm, I'm good to go. And so uh, wake up Friday, have the day planned, know what I want to do, and uh, get going. And then uh, get a call from my, uh, from my wife that the Suburban overheated and Already I can feel the anxiety. Now we're down a car and we got kids going everywhere. We got things that we need to do. Uh, and then, uh, and so I lost my schedule that day. Now I gotta go pick up the wife. Uh, we're gonna miss this appointment. Okay, I got it. And you can already just feel that, that anxiety going. But as it piles up, um, it can really affect you. And so then we, are, um, we go to take care of our taxes. Every year we've always gotten money back, go. And all of a sudden, we find out that this year, it's a little bit different, and the government wants more. And so it's one of those things of loss again. So I've lost kind of my schedule, lost things I wanted to do. Now I'm losing money. 
and I could feel the anxiety and the mind shift beginning to change on what was supposed to be a great day. Uh, and then uh, Friday's my, my day off, and then it takes one emergency call, and I lose time. I lose my downtime. I lose things that I, I wanted to do, but this emergency needed to get taken care of. And so uh, I could feel the anxiety. I could feel myself getting short with my wife. And just noticing these things, and I'm driving then to go pick up the Suburban. And with loss, everything speeds up. Everything, all the emotions, and God can easily get bumped out. And the reason we're doing this series is to realize a couple things. One is how much loss affects us. And then accumulate, that's one day on Friday, right? I'm feeling all that. I'm already short with Christine. I'm already feeling anxious. Bad thoughts keep coming in. And then all of a sudden, I'm going down right these rabbit holes and it's just from one day, imagine a lifetime of loss and you haven't taken time to think about it. You haven't taken time to invite God into it. You haven't, uh, you, ha you don't have the eyes to see maybe what God is doing through it, all these things. It can really affect our life and some of the behaviors that we see today uh, that maybe aren't good, aren't good for us, or uh, it can kind of paralyze us. And so when life happens, we're not handling it in a healthy way and we're not seeing how God can kind of walk us through it. So I was driving over to go pick up the Suburban, and I don't know about you, but uh, whenever you take your car into the shop, it's always going to be more than you think, right? So I'm already thinking, I've lost a lot today. I'm going to lose even more. Thus, born to lose this series, right? I'm born to lose. The government's going to take more money from me. People are going to take more time from me. They're going to take more energy from me. Uh, the, the, you know, repair shop, they're going to find a way to take advantage of me. All this and all of a sudden you can just get in this, this mindset. And I was driving over there and it was just in my mind, I'm like, Lord, just meet me here. Just fill in the gaps where I'm losing that I can kind of see where maybe I'm in a sense winning through you. Or I can see where I'm not losing everything, that you actually have me. And so it's just a short, this wasn't a long drawn out prayer or anything like that. It was just a short, but I, I, I knew where my, my head and my heart were going. And, uh, so I don't hear from God, you know, nothing happens. I'm like, all right, well, I threw a prayer up. I did the godly thing, check that box. All right, now let's get ready. Walk into the, the repair shop. And immediately when I walk in, the guy says, all right, well, the repairs um, were uh, not as bad as we thought. They gave us a quote and he goes, I'm actually gonna charge you less. Okay, I've never had that happen. 47 years on this earth. Never brought a uh, car into the repair shop. And they're like, we're gonna charge you less. So I'm like, okay, thank you, God. And then as we're talking, uh, the guy just uh, bought out. It's a, um, a new owner. And so uh, he's talking to me. And the old owner was always great to me as far as if I needed to make payments or I couldn't afford something. Like, I really trusted him. So I found out that this guy just took over the business, which made me a little nervous as far as maybe I won't get that help that I need or anything like that. And uh, he goes, hey, did you used to go to Cross Point Church or, or work there? I'm like, yeah. He goes, just before you went and planted the new church, uh, I got to hear you speak a couple times, and man, just really appreciated you and all that. Well, all of a sudden, this guy goes to Crosspoint, the church that I used to uh, pastor at, and all of a sudden we start talking, and and uh, and then he he goes, let me walk you outside. And so we walk outside, and he just kind of looked at me and said, listen, man, he goes, I'm just stoked with what you're doing and how you're trying to, you know, get the gospel out there and all that. And he said, uh, you know, hey, whatever I can do to help you out. He goes, there's a few other things we need to take care of on your suburban, but he goes, he just looked at me and said, I got you. 
And in that moment, I felt like God was speaking through him to me. And it's one of those things where I didn't want to get emotional because it's two dudes in a parking lot and he's a mechanic and all tough. And so I had to kind of like, all right, man. And so I just kind of thanked him and walked away. But it's interesting where God meets us in our loss. And if you read the Bible, God constantly meets people in their most desperate times or when they feel like they're losing the most to show them that you're, you're born to lose because of sin nature, because of this world. It's a broken world but you can actually live to win. Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 6, reminds us that there's just going to be these seasons and times. Some of it, as far as being able to be people that are prepared to lose, in some sense, is just knowing it's going to happen. Just kind of accepting of, yes, though we desire heaven, where we lose nothing, there's no tears, it's perfect. Some of us expect heaven to kind of like be here now, and it's, it's not. In a sense, we begin to usher in heavenly things here on earth, but it's still earth. It's still broken. Um, and so the writer of Ecclesiastes, one of the wisest men ever to live, wrote these words, for everything there is a reason and a time for every matter. Under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away. The thing about loss is if you, if you think about it too much, it can overwhelm you. But if you don't think about it at all, it can control you. And so we have to be very wise with this. We have to handle loss. And there's different levels of loss. There's different levels uh, that it happens in our life. But we have to balance that out as far as there's a time, as Ecclesiastes says, there's a time to think about it. There's a time to move forward. Um, there's a time to uh, embrace it. And there's a time to let it go. There's all these things. And, and God wants to take us through these seasons and walk with us through it. But you know, sometimes we can obsess over our losses in life. And what happens is we, we look through a lens that we don't see any wins or any gains or we, we don't see at all how God is filling in those losses with something else. So it can overwhelm us. But also, if we just don't want to think about it at all, I don't want to think about what happened in my childhood. I don't want to think about the divorce. I don't want to think about the abuse. I don't want to think about the instability. I don't want to think about the, you know, the job loss. I don't want to, and, and we don't process at all. Uh, what happens is that it can control us without us even knowing it, right? And so we see this even in the scriptures in a few different ways, actually right in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis. So with Adam and Eve, uh, God just said, right, there's one tree. Don't partake of the fruit of that tree. You have everything else. And so they did, Adam and Eve. And uh, because of that, things began to change and the Bible says that they, they lost that intimacy with God because they chose to sin. And that's all sin does. That's why the Bible says, hey, repent, get rid of sin, uh, not so that God will like you, but sin keeps us from God, but also sin keeps us from each other. Sin breaks down relationships. It breaks down marriage. It breaks down a relationship with our kids, with uh, our friends, and it breaks down a relationship with God. And what happens, they didn't trust God, and they lost that intimacy. And so... It overwhelmed them. Do you remember what Adam and Eve did? As soon as they did that, they hid from God. They had never hidden from God before. 
They was always had an open relationship. And in fact, at the time, uh, it was a nudist colony. There was no shame in being naked, right? There was just, and then all of a sudden, just then our bodies, we lost something as far as the innocence of how we saw other people in their bodies, and we, we lost that. And so then they began to cover themselves up, and in their shame, they covered themselves up uh, with God, and they hid from God. But what did God do? He met them where he was at. He pursued them in their loss. And he goes on to actually clothe them. And so we see that from the beginning of time that when we lose something, that it can overwhelm us. And then we begin to hide from God. Or maybe we hide from relationships. Or we begin to have addictions. And we kind of go in these places where we begin to hide ourselves from other people. And it's because we haven't processed loss and we feel overwhelmed. Um, this is when depression uh, can paralyze relationships because of loss, and we just get overwhelmed. And with depression, it's basically sadness where there is no hope. Depression is sadness with no hope. It's okay to be sad, but the Bible says that there always is hope there because we have God, and depression just can't see that. Uh, this is also where, um, you know, we see from the beginning also the first kids to be born, Cain and Abel. We see where, where losing can affect you too, where it can control you. Uh, if you remember the story, um, Cain is the firstborn, Abel's the secondborn, and uh, they both give an offering to God. But when you, when you read in Genesis 4, uh, it says that God did not accept, um, he did not accept Cain's offer. And he actually warned Cain. He said, hey, seek to do good because sin is crouching at the door ready to spring upon you. And so Cain had this loss as far as just feeling like he wasn't, um, there was an approval loss, right? That my, my offering wasn't approved by God. And so what did he do? Well, he was controlled by it, and that's when he killed his brother. He was driven to anger. We see that in our world today, right? A political party loses, and there's anger there, maybe from one side or the other. Right? And so maybe we lose this sense of security or we lose uh, you know, uh, to another party or whatever it might be. And you see people and they get, they get angry and they're controlled by that loss. I think it's important at the beginning here to define kind of what, what loss is and to think about it in a, both a positive and a negative way. Loss is something or someone that is taken away which causes grief, or given away that causes joy. So this is what loss is. And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at this different type of loss because there's some things God wants us to lose and there's other things God doesn't want us to lose. And many times what I find is that we lose things that we shouldn't and we don't lose things that we should. I'll make sense of that as the weeks go on. But again, loss is this. When we, something or someone is taken away from us, which causes grief, or we can have something or someone that is given away that actually causes joy. So, for example, as far as when something is taken away that causes grief, uh, this could be the loss, again, of a spouse, a child, a job. So I didn't want to lose that job. Um, a friendship that I didn't want to lose, and maybe there was conflict. Or I know in my life there's been friends that just move away, and all of a sudden you have this loss. And if you don't... If you don't process that, that can either overwhelm you as far as I'll never have another friend like that, or it can just kind of you know, cause you to kind of spin out, um, or it can kind of um, control you. 
as far as just that frustration of not having that best friend. Um, or even just loss of like a dream. You know, maybe you feel like a dream that you had and you lost, it was taken away from you for some reason, right? And so this causes grief. And this can constantly happen in life in big and little ways. And if you think about it, we're constantly living with some level of grief. And to be able to manage that and understand it and invite God into that helps us to move from born to lose to live to win. Uh, but th there's also loss that can cause joy. There's loss that is given away. We want to lose certain things um, that bring joy into our life. Um, classic thing that we all know about, especially during the wintertime going into summer, people want to lose weight, right? That's maybe a good thing. Um, maybe bad relationships. There's certain relationships that uh, are not good for us and certain friendships that we need to uh, you know, cut that off or we're dating someone and it's not a beneficial thing. And so losing is actually winning when you're purposeful with it and you give that thing or that person away, in a sense, give them to God or give them over to the world. I need to be separate in a way. Uh, addictions, maybe for a lot of us, um, getting rid of certain addictions. There's a sense of loss, especially if you've grown up and you've been addicted to certain things. Uh, it can become a part of your identity. And so it can be actually hard to lose something that's bad in your life. It can be hard to lose it because it's part of who you are and you're, it's a coping mechanism. Whether it's food, some of us get uh, addicted to just even certain feelings and certain sentences that we kind of just view ourselves that way, and that's our identity. You know, I'm a loser, or I'm not very smart, or nobody likes me, or all these things. And if we don't realize it, it's a part of our life. And even though we know it's bad to think that way, it's bad to feel that way, or maybe certain behaviors, you know, you got the popular ones, drugs, alcohol. Um, it's just a part of who we are. And what helps us to cope won't help us to live, though. And the thing about this is we, we don't give certain things away we cope with life, but we don't live life. We cope with our family, but we don't, we don't have a family that's alive. We cope in our walk with God, but we don't truly have a relationship with God that's alive. And that's why we're doing this series. Because what I've noticed, and especially during this time, and I'd say where we're at culturally, I mean, we've lost a lot of freedom. And isn't it interesting, again, online just watching, when people lose freedom, the level of either how overwhelmed they feel or how they're controlled by this and how angry um, or just, um, man, you're just seeing just how loud people can get and just losing some freedom, right? And so I think this is a good time for us, both personally as a church and even culturally, to look at how does God want us to handle loss because we're born to lose. We're going to lose. Um, we stop losing once we get to heaven. So we got to be able to do this, but how do we do it to where we can really live to win. And loss doesn't paralyze us, it doesn't overwhelm us, and it doesn't control us. One of the things I want to do today is this, is, is to be aware of what we are losing and how much we've lost. I, I want to take us through that, what we're losing and how much we've lost, because again, um, Jesus says it's going to happen. In fact, even to be a Christian, check this out, this is what Jesus says, to start off walking with Jesus, you have to instantly be willing to lose. And this is hard for some of us. Some of us, we want to be a Christian, but we don't want to lose. Check out the words of Jesus. He says this, Matthew 16, 25 through 26. And I'm reading from the ESV. I like this translation. So this is going to be from the, uh, the ESV um, translation. Matthew 16, 25 through 26. Then Jesus told his disciples, 
So he's telling people who want to follow him. This is us as Axis Church. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will, what is it? Lose it. Whoever would save their life, they need to lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? This is where some of us have struggled in our faith. Uh, maybe we heard the word of God preached. Maybe we were at some conference. Maybe it was at Access Church. Maybe it was just growing up. And we like the idea of following God. But we wonder why we struggle in our relationship with God. And this would be my opinion is this passage here is we've, in a sense, we've given our lives to God, but we don't want to lose our life. So we kind of give it to him, but we don't want to let go and kind of lose our life. And what does that mean to lose your life? Well, what the Bible is saying is that's where, what Paul said, you crucified yourself to the cross, dying to yourself and rising anew in him and crucifying yourself. Uh, it doesn't mean these outward acts of spirituality where you like, you know, uh, cut yourself or do these, you know, fast for 40 days and just, you know, kind of emaciate yourself and look hardcore. Dying to yourself is, is really dying to your own ways of doing life, your own ways of doing relationships, your own, uh, your own motives, uh, even your own values. Like, like every way that you grew up, everything that you think the way you should handle money, time, relationships, your opinions are crucified. And now only God's opinions matter. Your way of doing life, crucified. Now we do it God's way. We see this multiple times when Jesus kind of confronted people that had a hard time following him. And if you notice in the Bible when you read it, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, all the time when Jesus preaches, what happens? The crowds grow because he's rocking it, right? He's throwing down miracles, demons flying out. He's giving rad like sermon illustrations. Just a great speaker. Who doesn't want to see that, hear that? So you get all these people, and then Jesus says certain things or calls out certain people like, well, you need to lose this in your life, and they walk away sad, or the crowds all of a sudden get thinned out, which Jesus never minded, right? He, he, he didn't mind if, uh, if the crowds got smaller because he was, looking to, he was looking for people as far as who's going to follow me and who really wants to know me and become like me, not who just wants to hang around and be a fan. Jesus was not looking for fans. He was looking for followers. Uh, there's a, a real popular passage um, that where he meets this guy that had a lot of money. And so, uh, you know, the guy's, you know, just like, hey, what must I do, you know, to be godly and to follow God and all that kind of stuff. And I've, you know, I follow all the laws. I do all these kind of things. And Jesus says, hey, go sell everything. Come and follow me. And it says that he walked away sad. And this is why. Because he thought what he would lose, that he would gain nothing through Christ. For some of us, Christ is calling us to lose our pride, to lose our arrogance. Some of us to lose certain things that we love, uh, to lose our identity. As far as some of us identify ourselves by our bodies, by our strength, some of us by our intellect, some of us by our political party. And we can't give that up. That has to be the greatest passion in our life. And God's calling us to lose that and we're afraid that if I lose that, I won't gain anything in Christ. And what Jesus says is, listen, that if you want to save your life, you can't just go to church. You can't just say, I like the idea of following you. That you have to lose yourself 
in order to really find yourself. Because this is the thing, God holds the key to who you are. He holds the key to what will make you most happy, give you most purpose in every way. And whatever you give to him, if you notice in the Bible, whatever people sacrificed and gave to God, he always blessed them tenfold or more by what he wanted to give them back. And this is what gives us hope in life, that no matter what we lose, that we gain everything and more through Jesus. So I have a couple questions. Just maybe you could write it down um, if you have a pen or paper. Um, two questions I want you to wrestle with this week and for us to kind of contemplate uh, as we go into this series. And as we look at how do we lose in a healthy way um, so that we can really live in a healthy way. Um, the first question is this. Do you know what or who you've lost in life and how it overwhelms or controls you? I know it's a long question, so I'll say it again. Do you know what or who you've lost in life and how it overwhelms or controls you today? One of the most powerful things, I've done counseling many times in my life, and I think it's important for all of us at times where, especially when we lose, that we process with someone. And sometimes processing, it's good to process with your friends or, or people at church, but sometimes it's nice to process with someone that's not involved in your life at all. They have no emotional investment. Uh, but to process with someone that's maybe trained and they're also following Jesus too. So I try to find a Christian counselor um, to help process, but they have no emotional investment in my life. So they can kind of speak clearly and help me. And um, I remember when I went and saw a counselor, um, and this is after we went through several miscarriages. And so I was, I was pretty angry. I felt like I lost a lot and that God wasn't giving me a lot. And this is why, because my dream, and I'd say for Christine and I, we wanted a large family. Uh, we like a loud home. We're loud. We don't raise any introverts. And uh, we like the activity. We like all that kind of stuff. And that reality, when we went through miscarriage, 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 and that reality of, oh, we're not going to have a large family. And we love the two kids we have. But we all have those certain dreams, right? And when you felt that dream just died. And so there's a sense of loss, like, oh, it's not going to happen. I was pretty angry. I, in fact, I quit ministry for a few years because I didn't want to help people because I thought God wasn't helping me. So forget them and forget you, God. And so uh, one of the exercises the counselor did, he goes, have you ever just thought about all the loss you've had in life? So he, he gave me a piece of paper in a regular size, 8.5 by 11. And he goes, just, just do a timeline and mark all the different loss that you've had in life. And I thought I was going to mark like three or four things and be done with it. So I'm like, all right, lame exercise, whatever. I think I filled up like four or five pages. L losing two dads through divorce. Losing my innocence through abuse at a young age. Losing friends, moving 17 times in 16 years, never having a long-term friend. And I just started going through all these things and the miscarriages and and losing a friend to suicide and just all these things. Why I was being overwhelmed and controlled by loss that when I would lose anything because I'd experienced so much loss in life, I'd never really process it and given it to God and, and saw how he was working in it. And so anything that I lost after that, whether it was big or small, heck, if I lost my keys, I'd explode in anger. Why? Because I was so, I hadn't processed it. I hadn't given it to God. And I didn't realize how much I'd lost in life and how much I needed to grieve. That's one of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, it's something that we don't talk about enough, and that's the process of grief and loss, and that Jesus grieved. 
Jesus grieves with us, Jesus grieves for us, and we're going to read about Jesus grieving and how important that is in the process as far as dealing with, with loss. Um, but that was huge for me, just to realize, like, whoa, no wonder I'm so bummed, or no, no wonder I'm so angry. There's a lot I need to process and a lot I've lost in life. And, and that really helped me out. And then just meeting with the counselor after that, and we kind of worked through it. And that really helped me to kind of come back and have a heart to see where even though I've lost a lot, as I process and work through that, I can also see how much I've gained through Christ and how he's kind of filled in those losses. So one question is, do you know what or who you've lost in life and how it's overwhelmed or control you? I encourage you maybe this week just to do that timeline. And if you have a spouse, maybe talk about it with them. Maybe you'll be surprised uh, and or talk about it with a friend. But begin to process this because this is the journey we're going to be on as a church. I'm talking about that. But the other spectrum, too, this is a loss that's taken away we're talking about right now. But there's also a loss that's given away that can bring joy into our life that sometimes we're apprehensive to do. So my other question is this. Are you willing to lose things or people that work against you? Are you willing to lose things or people that work against you? You can even, you can even put, uh, put in that, are you willing to lose certain thoughts that work against you? So are the things that God's calling you to lose, to kind of get rid of, to kind of give away, um, that'll help you out in life? I remember for me that God was really working on my heart when I was a, a teenager, and I knew that I needed him. But I had these circle of friends. I had three or four friends that every time I kind of wanted to follow God, um, they would just bring me back into the world. In fact, I, I remember that uh, we were racing bikes at the time, so we traveled a lot together. So we'd go down to Arizona, up to Northern California. And I'd bring my Bible with me. Like, I wanted to follow God. And I'd literally read my Bible. So all of us would be in our rooms or kicking it. And I'd read my Bible, and I'd be convicted. I'd be wanting to follow God. And then they'd come to me like, bro, we're going to a party. Or, hey, we're going to go do this. And I'd close my Bible just after reading it, close it, and I knew I shouldn't, and then I'd go with them, and then I'd just either get hammered, get in a fight, do stupid things. And then, so I had this kind of like, I wanted to follow God, but I couldn't. And it was at 17 where I just had someone look at me saying, listen, you got to be able to be willing to say, God will give me the friends that I need. And these were guys that I just had a great, you know those people you click with? And they might be of the world, but you're like, I just click. I click with their humor, their perspective. And Christians, to me, kind of seemed lame. They didn't seem funny. They didn't seem like they had a good time. So I was really apprehensive to follow God and say, I'm going to get rid of these friends. And then, But are you willing? And I just remember I needed to. I wasn't going to ever be able to really follow God if I kept these guys around. I know some of you are like, Brian, why didn't you witness to him or things like that? I wasn't strong enough at that point. There's just no way. As soon as I did that, God provided me with a great church, great friends, people that were fun, but I had to trust them. I had to give that away. I had to lose so that I can win. I had to lose so that I can gain in Christ. And some of us are there. Some of our behaviors, some of our ways of thinking, some of the people we have around us. And so are you willing to lose certain things, people, or thoughts that work against you um, that God actually says, until you let that go, I can't give you something else in the other hand. So those are the two things we just kind of want to think through. Um, we're going to experience loss. So the first step is we're just going to embrace this as a church. We're going to think about it, and we're going to see how God kind of heals and how he kind of uh, fills in those losses uh, in a powerful way. And um, he does it in ways we can't 
we can't even imagine. I mean, again, just going back to the life of Jesus. When he died on that cross, if you read about the disciples, they were distraught. They were bummed. They thought it was over. Even though Jesus told them over and over again, like, like hey, on the third day, I'm going to rise again. They just didn't get it. Have you ever had God speak to you or you read the Bible, but you know you just don't get it? But you need to get that word in you because eventually you will get it. And so they're bummed. They're like, man, we lost. We thought Jesus was going to be a, a, a political leader and free us and all that. And it didn't. And they're bummed. And what they didn't realize is that they lost a savior, but they were gaining his spirit. And that what Jesus knew is that he had to die, rise again for our sins, but he had to go to heaven. Why? So that he could just not walk with people, but that his spirit could be inside of people. But the disciples didn't understand. And you're going to experience loss, and you're, you're, going to, you're not going to be able to understand what God's doing. You're going to be like, this doesn't make sense. Why would God allow it? Why would God allow this to be taken away? Or why does God want me to give this away? Loss is very difficult, and you have to trust God that though you don't understand, what does the Bible passage say? We walk by faith, not by sight. And if all we can do is see the things that we lose, we don't see what Jesus wants us to gain. And that doesn't happen quickly. It's a process, and we're going to be walking through that process. But we can trust him. Let me end with this passage, and the worship team is going to come up, and we're just going to take some time in worship. This is Paul, and this is how he wants to encourage us as we kind of end our time today. Uh, because the early church, too, struggled with, with loss. And, uh, and Paul said these words, and I hope they encourage you uh, today. He says, you see, we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We preach that, uh, this is 2 Corinthians chapter 4, by the way, verses 5 through 10. He says, uh, we preach that Christ is Lord, and we ourselves are our servants for Jesus' sake. For God said, let there be light in darkness. For God has made this light shine in our hearts so that we know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing the great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. So we have this light in our hearts. We have this light of Jesus. We have this hope of Jesus. We have all this from him, but he says the reality is we're just the jar. And if we're honest, we're broken jars. There's a lot of cracks right? We can lose a lot. You pour water, you pour water in that jar and it kind of just goes out. But the light of Jesus and the love of Jesus, when we allow it in it, it fills in those cracks and it makes something beautiful to be able to hold the power of God, the love of God and the light of God. And he says this in verse eight, he says, we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our body continues to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And this is the beauty, this paradox. As we die to ourselves, we rise anew in Christ, becoming like Christ. And thus people see the glory and the love of Christ. So we embrace loss. We don't like it, but we embrace it. And what we realize is that God, we gain more through him than we ever lose in life. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. 
For more information or to get in contact with our pastoral staff, please go to go to accesschurch.com.